The greatness in the garment is the message for this evening. The greatness in the garment. I mentioned that I travel to Israel uh, every year, and uh, this year I'll take two trips in January and February, take about 110 people to Israel. And if you've never been, I encourage you to go. Go with someone, get there. Uh, If you go, it'll change your life forever, I promise you. And uh, if you'd like to come with us, go to alstone.ca. I'd love for you to come, be a part of that. If not, go with someone else and get there and see it and let the Bible come to life for you. The last time I was there, I visited a site that has just been uh, newly unearthed, and uh, they've built some buildings there. And I saw a picture there that really moved me. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Uh, There is a Catholic church there. There's a Catholic church everywhere in Israel. The Catholics have claimed hold of the traditional sites that we know in the Bible. And at first, I was kind of, you know upset that everywhere you go is a Catholic church, but I'm kind of glad they did because it holds that site. Now, the Jews don't really care about the New Testament sites. They would just go ahead and build something over top of there's something there. So I went to Magdala, the home of Mary Magdalene, and uh, in that church building underneath, they pay tribute to the women of the Bible. It's kind of a neat thing, actually. And I went downstairs, and there was a painting that filled almost an entire wall. And I stood there and looked at it for a minute, and I, and I didn't get it at first. And then I saw it. I'm going to ask the guys to bring that picture up tonight. Here's a portion of it. You'll see here tonight a picture of feet. I thought at first, what's that feet? It's all feet. And, of course, this is kind of a shortened version. It kind of filled a wall about the size of the baptistry there. And uh, I thought, that's unusual. And then I saw in the center of the picture, which you've probably seen, there's a hand there. And I thought, uh, what is that? And I heard someone beside me say, oh, that's Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. But that's not what it is. If you look closely, that hand is not masculine, it's feminine. It's a lady's hand. And if you look close, you can see at the end of her finger, there's a little spark of light. And I realize that this is the woman who reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' garment. What a great picture. What a great sight. It actually brought me to tears as I was standing there looking at it. I thought about that throng of people and how she reached out and what God did for her. And so I want to look at tonight at the greatness of, in the garment. I'm sure at least some of us have read this account and maybe asked the question that I asked as I read it. When I read my Bible, I try to ask the five W's, who, what, where, when, and why. And a lot of times the why question comes up. Why did that woman touch Jesus' garment? Well, you might say tonight and looking at that picture, well, that's, that's all she could do. I mean, she's pretty crowded and she's down there on the ground. and So I began to research a little bit and look and ask, who was this woman? Why was she there? Where were they going? What was happening? And I found some incredible things. What power, what significance did that garment have? For you see in our text tonight, you'll find out that she intentionally wanted to touch that garment. Would you go with me to Mark chapter 5? Mark chapter 5, verses 24 to 34. Mark chapter 5, 24 to 34 says this, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his, what's that next word? garment. For she said, if I may touch but his what? Clothes. I shall be what? 
hold. Now let me stop there for just a second. Let me ask you tonight, I believe I know the answer. This is a King James Bible-believing church, amen? amen? I still love and use the King James. I'm never going to change. I've grown up with it. I love it. I, I get every word of it. Sometimes I have to use a dictionary. Sometimes I have to use a, a Bible dictionary, but I understand every word, and I translate to, uh, to others what that is. And so I believe that God has put in this book every word that he wants. How many of you believe that? Say amen. I believe he had great intention in every word. I believe he gave a special ability to those who translated from the original languages into the English language, an ability to give to us what we could use even now, 400 years later, his word. He's kept and preserved his word, and I believe that every word that we are reading tonight is intentional by God, and I'm going to show you that in just a moment. Let's go on to verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue, important word, that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Who touched my what? Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou what? Who touched me? Hmm. You see it? Let's go on. Verse 32, And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy what? Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be what? Whole of thy plague. Some very important words that we want to look at tonight. What an incredible story. Here's this woman, 12 years. 12 years of sickness. I can't imagine. I, I, I was in the hospital for about six days with blood clots twice, and that was enough for me. I, I know there are probably more here tonight that have been in much longer time or maybe suffered with greater things. I've, by the grace of God, enjoyed some pretty good health. And when you're as physically fit and trim as I am, <laughs> you beg every day for good health. <laughs> what power, what significance did that garment have? Why did she want to touch his clothes? The answer, I believe, is one of those aha Bible moments. You ever have those where you're reading and you find something, it's like, oh, man, I get it. I, I see something I've never seen before. And, and hopefully I can show you that, that tonight. Maybe someone else has found it or shown it to you, but I've never seen it. I've never found that out, and it just touched my heart when I found it. Let me show you now the greatness in the garment. Let's answer the question of why this woman wanted to touch Jesus' garment, his clothes, by the process of elimination. If we're going to do that, the first question I want to ask is, was the touch of the garment all she could get? Was it all she could get? Look again at verses 24 to 27 in our text. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of him, many physicians, I should say, and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. There were much people there. Jesus, by this time in his ministry, now around the Galilean region, which is, is not as big as you may think, in those little villages around that, that lake, are beginning to talk about what Jesus is doing. He's preaching, and his word has great power and authority. 
unlike the Pharisees who are giving them some little dribble and giving them more laws and giving them more laws and giving them more laws, things they've got to do, but nothing really that filled the void of their lives. And Jesus comes and he's talking about God's mercy and grace and peace and the coming kingdom of God and, and eternal life and all of those things. And the people are excited and they're thronging. There's now people being fed in the tens of thousands of people by a miraculous feeding of Jesus Christ. And he goes about and he's healing people and the news has spread and People want to see Jesus. Just like if someone famous came to this area, maybe your president comes to an area and people want to see the president of the United States. And you may not always agree with the man, but the office is pretty incredible. The most powerful man really in the world, if you think about it. You want to come and see him and get your, get your selfie with him and meet him and tell people that you met the president of the United States. I had the privilege of meeting our prime minister. Actually, I've met two of our prime ministers, and one of them was a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, and I got to spend about 20 minutes with him and give him one of our John and Romans and encourage him to read it and give it to others and wrote me back two personal letters. That was a really neat thing in my life, and, and I'll cherish that. I got to talk to him and ask him if he knew Jesus Christ as his Savior, and he said, oh, yes, I've been born again. What a great thing to know that your leader of your country knows the leader of the universe, Jesus Christ. Amen. We need more of those. <laughs> was the touch of the garment all she could get? Jesus was thronged. I mean, it wasn't just a crowd. I mean, they are pushing in. They're, they're squeezing upon him, and, and everybody wants to get a piece. Everybody wants to get a glance. Maybe everybody wanted to reach out and touch, but this certain woman, the Bible says, not just any woman, this certain woman, this certain woman had an issue. She had a hemorrhage of blood for 12 years. Can you imagine that? 12 years, uh, let's say a hemorrhage, let's say a nosebleed. She bled for 12 years. I, I, I don't know what else, but, but we, we understand that this is a, a serious thing. She's weak by the loss of blood. She suffered many things of many physicians. I, I don't like to go to the doctor. In fact, I was kind of surprised the other day. I just, I'm going to be 60 this year, and I thought, well, you know, I probably should go get a physical. I should have the doctor check me over and make sure I'm okay. And, I mean, that was the practice for a long time, and I called. And the doctor's office, I said, yes, I said, I'd like to come in and see the doctor. I should make a physical. And, and the lady said, is there something wrong with you? And I said, no, I don't think so. I feel pretty good. She said, then why would you come and see the doctor? I said, well, I thought I'm supposed to. I thought as a preventive maintenance, you go in and get checked out. You know, as you get older, and she said, well, if there's nothing wrong with you, you don't need to come in. And I was like, yeah, because <laughs> I know what he's going to do if I go in there, and I don't want to go. <laughs> and this woman had been to the doctor many, many times. You know, doctors were testing her, and they were doing trials, and they were doing surgery, and they were trying medications, and all those things that doctors do when they can't figure out the answer. And obviously, they couldn't because for 12 years, she suffered with this. Imagine having to go to the doctor another time, another time, another time, and all of those things. And we were talking last night, talking about as our parents got a little bit older, uh, one of the tasks as a child is uh, many times a week you have to take your parents to the doctor. And, and it's not just a, an hour visit, it's several hours and maybe a day of doing that. And here's this lady, and I don't know if her family's involved, but somebody's helping her get to the doctor. Many physicians, many tests, many trials. She had spent all that she had. She's desperate. She had no more money left. We were talking to Pastor and Vicki and talking about the ordeal that they've had to go through. Traveling to Mexico, paying the cost. It's, it's, not, a, it's not an easy thing. 
And, and my wife and I were talking one day, and we have a friend who got cancer and went to Mexico for the same thing and told me the cost of those treatments. And I thought, wow, it's a lot. And I told my wife, I said, if that ever happens to me, just don't worry about it. Hang on the money. I'm going to heaven. I'll see you later. She just said, oh, no, we'd spend every penny we've got. We love each other. We want each other to be here as long as we possibly can. We're happy to go to heaven, but there's things that we want to do here and see here. And when you've got grandkids, you want to hold on as long as you can. Amen. And so this woman is now desperate. She's broke. What am I going to do? I've got no more recourse. The only thing I've got left is death. And she wanted to live. I don't know how old she was, but it doesn't matter how old you are. You want to cling to this life as long as you can. She was nothing bettered. She was discouraged. He went to the doctor, and the hope is that he gives you something, and you come home, and you get well. You have the surgery, and you get well. You do the test, and you get well, but she wasn't. No money, no hope, desperation. And the Bible says she was nothing better, but she grew worse. She was dying. This is her last-ditch effort at life. She's dying. We see this poor, weak, desperate woman, seemingly a glimmer of hope, She reaches out through the throng in hopes of maybe touching just the garment of Jesus. Well, I have to tell you, that's not the case. That's not the case. Because we see next that it was her intention to touch just the garment of Jesus. It wasn't that she's thronged and she just reached out and didn't see and and, and in hopes that as he passed by, that's not the case. She went on a mission to touch that garment, that, those clothes of Jesus. Eliminate the chance, and now we must ask, was the touch of the garment all she wanted? All she wanted, verse 27. When she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. She heard of Jesus. She heard what was going on. She knew who he was. She was impressed by the words that she heard. I don't know if she had personal friends. I don't know if people in her, in her village. But she knew who Jesus was. She had heard of him, and she comes in the press. She's coming with the crowd. It's not that she's there like the beggar on the side of the road, Bartimaeus, who, who in his blindness hears of Jesus and hopes that he passes by and cries out to him. This woman comes in the crowd. She's walking with the crowd. She's traveling with them. And in that press, she's given that fleeting moment and touched his garments. Was she maybe like the starstruck? Was she like the autograph hound? Was she looking to get just a piece of this one that she had heard of? A souvenir, as it were, of meeting a famous person. Have you ever done that? You, you, you've been somewhere. I was in an airport one time, and this is years ago, and I saw David Hasselhoff. You know who that is? David Hasselhoff. Now, he played in a really bad show, but he played in the, uh, the kit. Remember he had a car kit? Was it Knight Rider? I think it was called Knight Rider. He had this cool car, and the lights went across the front grill, and, and uh, he said, hey, kit? And he said, yes, Michael. And we thought that was all really cool until Siri was invented. <laughs> Amazing what comes to life. Star Trek has come to life. Had those little communicators, maybe flip, flip, flip the flip. Scotty, Scotty, it's Scotty here, Captain. Beam me up, beam me up. All right. Now we have a flip phone, or had flip phones, and same thing. So here's Kit, and my nephew loved Knight Rider. And I saw David Hasselhoff, and I'm in the airport, and I'm, I'm looking for a pen. I had a pen in my pocket, grabbed a piece of paper, I went over and said, Mr. Hasselhoff, can I have your autograph? And I want to tell you that David Hasselhoff was a jerk. <laughs> he was a jerk. 
He signed it, you know, and I took it to my nephew. He was thrilled. I was on an airplane one time. Kids, listen to this. I was riding on an airplane one time, and who's sitting beside me but Mickey and Minnie Mouse? I'm not kidding you. Mickey and Minnie Mouse right there. And Mickey and Minnie were there, and I said, hey, is there any way that I could get an autograph for the kids of our church? If you'll sign this piece of paper, then I'll take it home and photograph it and give it to the kids of our church. And Mickey and Minnie Mouse signed that piece of paper. It was amazing. Now, parents, if you want to know how I did that, see me after because I can't tell you with the kids here, but I'll, I'll tell you how I did that. It's amazing. Took it home to the kids. They were thrilled. Mickey and Minnie. It's awesome. And so this lady, maybe like that, was starstruck because Jesus at this time is a star. I mean, he's, he's the focal point of a lot of people's conversations. He's, the word is out about him. And, and when somebody like that comes to an area, you want to you wanna see, you want to get that selfie, you want to get that autograph, you want to get something to tell people, hey, I caught the baseball in the famous game. I've got something to remember that by. Perhaps, perhaps this is what she wanted. She wanted to touch the garment, but that's... That's not all she wanted. That's not all. She knew something. Something about that garment, something that moved her, compelled her to just reach out. If it wasn't chance or memory making, then we must finally ask, was the touch of the garment all she needed? Was it all she needed? Look at verse 28. It says, for she said, if I, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Important word. Important word. What was it about touching his clothes, that robe that convinced her that if she could be but touch it, she would be whole? Now remember I said that the word of God is important and when we read the word, we should really read it slowly sometime and really soak in what it's saying. And so I began to ask, why did she use the word whole? Could she have used the word cured? If I may touch his garment, if I may touch his clothes, I will be cured. That would be a great word. It would be a great word. I'll be cured of this illness that I've got. But that's not the word that she used or that God penned for us. She could have said healed. I'll be healed. And we would accept that and it'd be legitimate. We'd say that, but that's not what she said. She could have said well. I will be made well. Again, a great word, and in our English language, there's so many words for, for one thing, and, 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 but that's not what she said, and that's not what God penned. She meant whole, whole of body, soul, and spirit. The whole of me, everything of me. If I can touch that garment, if I can touch his clothes, then I am going to be made whole. Every part of me will be made right. What did she know about that garment that we don't know? Well, I believe she knew the Scriptures. It's important to know the Scriptures. I have to tell you that most Christians do not know the Scriptures as well as we should. I would tell you that, that many who study the Quran know the Quran much better than we know the Bible. Islam begins to speak the words of the Quran into the ears of their newborn babies, and they repeat them every day so that they know them as they grow up. And we do some of that, but I don't think as intently as they do. And so she knew the Scripture. She was a, a good woman, a, a godly woman. I believe that she knew some things of her childhood. 
Now, we have a number of children here tonight. Kids, look up here for just a second, would you? All the kids look up here tonight. I'm going to get you to help me with something. I'm going to sing a song, and I want all the kids that are here, if you're 12 and under, I want you to sing with me tonight. But I want you to sing nice and loud, okay? It's kids' choir time, all right? And if you sing really well, you're going to get a Captain Canada coloring book, all right? If you've already got a Captain Canada coloring book, if you don't sing well, I'm going to come and take it away from you. All right? Here's the song. Jesus loves me, this I know. Sing it. For the Bible tells me so. Adults help them. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. How do you know that song? Every one of you knew that song. When you were a kid, probably in kindergarten or junior kindergarten or maybe even before that, you started singing that song in Sunday school. And your parents sang it to you. It's an easy song and it's a happy song. And it really, it's, it's the scriptures, it's the gospel in a song. And we learn that. We know another one, too. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. How do you know that? We all know that. There are just certain songs that we know because we grew up with those, and they're kind of a, a stalwart of the faith for children. And I believe this woman remembered some things from when she was a kid because, you see, when you live in the Galilee region, every year you had to travel down to Jerusalem about 70 miles, not on a paved road, but on a dirt path. You traveled the, Jor the Jordan River for a water source, and, and, and there were uh, uh, plantings there and food along the way and maybe some little shops, but it was a long journey. And as you got closer to Jerusalem, it turned from the, 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 the beautiful uh, grasslands of the Jordan to the desert, the Judean desert. And, and some would ride, some would walk, some would take a cart. You see, it, was, it wasn't just a day trip. It was several days, sometimes weeks, sometimes a month. And so you travel down, and as you traveled, we know from the example of the Old Testament that as the people traveled, they would sing. They would sing as they traveled to the temple. It was an exciting time, and, and I believe there were songs that they would sing as children, and, and they would give to their children. And I believe that this woman, as a child, learned a song. And that song gave her scripture, and that scripture helped her to understand what that garment was all about. Would you go with me to the Old Testament, to the song book of the Old Testament? That is the book of Psalms, right? That's the, that's the uh, Hebrew song book. And in Psalm 93, Psalm 93, I want to show you a song that I believe that this woman heard and knew. Now, I can't give you this in you know, with great definition or great uh, uh, support, but I, I just believe because it makes sense when you see it. In Psalm 93 and verse 1, we'll read it together aloud, all right? Ready? Here we go. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wherewith he hath girded himself, the world also established that it cannot be moved. Let's take a look at that again. <laughs> the Lord reigneth, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That represents in the Old Testament, God, but it represents for us as well the Messiah. The Messiah, the coming Messiah. The Lord reigneth. 
God in the heavens reigneth. The Lord who is coming will reign upon this earth for 1,000 years of the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The Lord reigneth. He is what? Clothed with majesty. Now watch this. The Lord is clothed with strength. Wow. How, how are you clothed in strength? Well, God is clothed in strength. Everything about God, everything about Jesus was about his power. It was about his authority. His vesture, the Bible talks about. The robe that we'll wear in heaven is a significant thing. And here Jesus, the Lord, is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. Now watch this. The world also is established. This doesn't change. This is, this is a surety. This is something the world cannot change. That cannot be moved. The Lord is clothed and strength. I believe that woman knew that verse. I believe she was trusting in that verse. She is in desperation. She has nothing left. She has only one hope of living on this earth any longer, and it has to be that the Messiah has come. It has to be that God is walking with men. It has to be that there's someone who has a power beyond the power of all mankind. Let's go back to our text and look at Mark chapter 5 and verse 30, if you would. This is important. In verse 30, it says, And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that what? Virtue. Virtue had gone out of him and turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? The word virtue literally means, in translation from the Old Testament to the New Testament, means this, strength has gone out of me. She touched his garment and strength went out of him. What did it say in Psalm 93? 93 that his garment was clothed with strength. Virtue. This woman knew, who touched me? Well, that's what the disciples said. And, and it's kind of, they almost say it in a disdain. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, who touched me? In, in some of the other accounts, we, we see that th that's recorded what Jesus said. But in this passage, I believe, because the writer was closer, and sometimes they copied each other's works, Matthew's work. And so he, in the account, they give, and I believe this is the clear account, uh, they heard and remembered what they said, but Jesus said, who touched my clothes? Touching me and touching clothes is different. She didn't touch his hand. She didn't touch his feet. She touched his clothes. And he remarks on that, and he makes note of that. Notice, too, Jesus looked around about to see the word is her. He knew immediately. When that strength, that virtue left him, he knew it was God's plan. He knew, and he looked, and he saw that woman, that specific woman, that, that, that intentional woman. He looked at her, and she knew, and he knew. Just like I said this morning, who knew of Judas? Jesus and Judas. Who knew? This woman knew and Jesus knew. She knew exactly what she had done and she knew exactly what happened. What she heard as a little girl in Psalm 93 had just come true. She just met the Messiah. She met the physician, the great physician. She met the creator of this universe. Notice what made her whole. Her faith in the garment? No. Her faith in being able to touch it? No. No, her faith in knowing that Jesus was Psalm 93, verse 1, a verse she had learned, a song of her life. The greatness in the garment was not in the garment. It was he who was in the garment. It was Jesus. 
And I want to tell you tonight that there's some people in your life tonight that need to know that Jesus. There's maybe somebody in this auditorium tonight who needs the touch of Jesus Christ in their life. There's somebody who's suffering tonight. There's somebody who's going through some difficulty. There's somebody maybe even watching on live stream tonight who's saying, listen, I'm, I'm really hurting tonight. And listen, we have a hurting world, amen? We've got, we've got people around us that are troubled today. We see people running to drugs and alcohol in mass numbers like we've never seen before. We have people living on the streets of our city. We've hardly ever seen that in my lifetime and there are more and more every week people that are losing their minds and having to live in terrible situations and around the world we're seeing people in a deplorable state and they're looking for something to happen to help them and they think that if I get involved in drugs that'll help me but it doesn't fill the void of the life if I try alcohol that'll fill the void of my life if I have an affair that'll fill the void of my life but nothing fills the void of life but Jesus and this woman found Jesus Oh, man, do you know somebody tonight who's maybe struggling, struggling with anxiety? Somebody who needs salvation. Somebody who's got a failing marriage. Maybe somebody with a troubled child, or you are that troubled child, or, or maybe the fear of illness, or worse, the, the sick, sickness of sin. You know someone tonight who needs to touch the clothes, the garment of Jesus? Well, we can't do that physically, but we can sure do it spiritually. See, the clothes just represented who he was. It was he who did the saving. It's he who did the miraculous. And there may be some here tonight, some boy, some girl, some teenager, some wife, some husband, some family that just needs to know Jesus. The songs that we sang tonight and that the specials did tonight were incredible. Every one of them lended to the message that we just heard. There's someone around the corner or around the world that needs Jesus. There's somebody that needs us to say, here am I, Lord, here am I, and I've been touched by Jesus. His virtue fills me, and His strength is in my life, and I have the hope of eternal life, and now I want to share it with you. Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. I was a little one, and I was weak, but I met Him, and He was strong, and now I have. I have the hope, the same hope this woman had in finding Jesus as Savior because she found the greatness in the garment. Father.